0: This podcast is brought to you by PodPro Australia. Hello and welcome to the Global Glamping Podcast. My name is Adam Bell and I'm your host and welcoming back to the studio once again is CEO of Global Glamping, Mr Simon Fabian. Welcome, Simon.
1: G'day, Adam. Good to be here and thank you. Fantastic. Fantastic.
0: I've had the pleasure of, of doing a number of these uh, podcast episodes with you now, and got to to know you quite well and everything that you're doing. And I want to take the chance today to get our listeners to learn a little bit about more about you and what brought you to becoming the founder of the global glamping charity. Can you tell me? You, you've got such good stories to tell. I've heard them off air, and today we're gonna we're gonna share a few. So, look, I want to start. You know, from from back. I want to hear the story with, that led you here. I believe it, it started, you know, a, a lot to do with, with your father. Oh, uh, look.
1: It, <laughs> did it start before it, that? Well, it probably did. Um, I, look, in a spiritual kind of way, I think where I'm headed is where I'm destined to have been. Um, but there's been some massive lessons to learn along the way to even get to the starting point. Um, so, yeah, my father, look, Tyler by trade, um western sydney suburban work hard ethic brought up in the 50s 60s working class yeah, yeah. his dad fought in world war Two. um he escaped well when i say escape he didn't have to go to Vietnam because he was actually doing a tiling trade at the time so he didn't get conscripted um but one he was the third youngest of 13 children wow um, 13 yeah and this is why my while my grandfather's overseas at war go work that one out um, and, and I say that very lightheartedly because um, we're all related. Um, the thing is, my my dad had a very deep seated sense of family, um, honesty, and doing the right thing. I um, mean, he always cared about people. Um, at the age of about seven, he took a job working with disadvantaged children, homeless kids, t- delinquents, they were called at the time. At the time. Um, and it was a living role. And mum and dad both had the job. Wow. Um, he would go and work 16-hour days, seven days a week to provide the income and cover my mother's shifts. Because back in the day, mum looked after kids, dad earned the money. Um, so he saw himself as a failure if he wasn't earning the money for mum to look after the kids. Sure. Um, as a child, love lot my dad dearly looked up to him, um, but formed a belief along the way. Um, that dad doesn't care about me because he'd rather spend his time with 13 street kids than his own son. Okay. Um, And I carried that right through to my teens Um, and and even longer. Um, I didn't really get to know the essence of my father till probably my late 30s. Um, But along the way, defining moment, um, with that belief that dad doesn't care because, um, I fell in love with my first love, if you like, inverted commas, um, with a young lady in his care. Now, as a 15-year-old boy, first sexual experience, et cetera, et cetera, it's all wonderful, right? No. Um, it compromised my dad's job because how could he manage 13 street kids but he couldn't manage his own son? And that's the flack he was getting. He was using a managerial role at sure. this time. Um, and I didn't understand the gravity. I was just in love, a teenage yep. love, right? Yep. Um, and most... Adolescence didn't have gone understand the that. consequences
0: yeah. of the, the bigger picture. Oh, absolutely. You
1: know, the consequences for this lady, and I didn't get it at the time. She said, if I have a, when I have children, the first thing I'm going to teach them to say is F off dad. Right? Wow. Um, and as a 15 year old in stupid land, um, didn't understand that. Um, the relationship didn't last too long, um, but it was very intense. Um and I later discovered that this lady or young girl, she was sixteen, um, had been raped by dad, stepdad, and mum's boyfriend on multiple occasions with her sisters. Oh goodness. Um so not only did I almost cost my dad his job, but I would have compounded the damage done to this school. Now sure it was unintended and I had no idea but it still created damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for me, that was like a massive guilt factor. Um, and I carried that through my life. Right. Shortly after that, um, fell for another girl in love again. Mm-hmm. Um, four years later, I was convinced I was going to marry her. I was 20. Um, she just packs up one day and leaves me for another girl and marries him. So my defining moment around that was you can't trust women because they're just going to use you and abuse you. My now wife, who I've been married to for many years, um, suffered my attitude, not in a a physical violent way, but just having a bad attitude for many years. Um, And it wasn't until she almost left me and my kids wouldn't talk to me, that I had yet another defining moment, which was, hey, 20 years ago, you got all this wrong. You've got to fix yourself up that so since then there's been a period of many years trying to put my life back together building a relationship with my father understanding where he's coming from his life experiences or his defining moments that impact on everybody as well
0: i see it's it's where we attach meanings to certain events don't we that then carry on on through our lives um and you know we give themselves we give ourselves these meanings they're, they're not right they're not wrong but They define where it takes you, don't they? And it's
1: the consequences that we do like or don't like that make them right or wrong. Mm. Um, I didn't like any of my consequences, Um, which led to some personal development after I become lucky enough in my 40s to financially retire. Um, And I discovered that I've got this, you know, essence, if you like, to give so much to the world, yet I've been closed to all of that because of my own brokenness, if you like. Um, and at the end of the day, in this um, personal development work I did, there was a program where they sent you out um, in groups of five into the streets of Brisbane on a Saturday night with no ID, um, no access to money, no assets, and you had to come back with a $1,000 and a new business set up within five hours.
0: Wow. Um, Sounds like undercover billionaire.
1: Uh, it was, look, it was really bizarre, and I'm certainly no billionaire, right? Um... And we're kicking stones along the way none of us had a clue what to do um we started a lot of infighting and bickering no we're going to do this we're going to do that in the end i got so frustrated with what i thought was my group but it was with myself right right? That i've stormed into this um, entertainment center in brisbane um, laser tag and bowling and stuff and i just put a proposal to the girl at the front desk um said look i'm going to go set up a bus tour company we're going to bring people here this is going to be the event laser tag everything that's good for your business. Um and then we'll just make it work. And for some reason she said, oh yeah, that sounds great. I'll do it. M- what? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, long story short, she went to a purse, got five hundred dollars out is all she had available to her. It turned out she was just a casual employee. She wasn't even the owner of the business. But it was my passion to get something done. That attracted her. And it was her own personal money. Her own personal money, complete stranger. Here it is. Yeah. Right? And it's just for a commercial project. It this wasn't about charity. Right? This is amazing
0: in that that you're doing this and, and it's not even her business. She's doing this and it's not even her business.
1: Yeah, well, she, she's, part of the deal is she'd come on board and be a part owner. Sure. But yeah. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, there's a 19-year-old girl going to work and she's has a uni and all of a sudden mm. she's spinning a money. just yeah. bizarre, bizarre. Um, it did my ego at the time a lot of good because it demonstrated to myself, not you know, hurrah, I'm so good, but I can achieve more than I think. So what I believe about myself is what I portray to the yep. world. You know? um, come downstairs, the rest of my team had gone and sat with some homeless guys, and I will chatting with them. I'm like, oh, I had a pretty bad attitude back then. It's like, oh, what are we wasting our time with these guys? We're not going to get the job done, right? But listening to them. Um they'll say, no, we don't need a house. We just need somewhere to wash our clothes. We don't want to we don't want a house. We don't want somewhere to live. We're right here in the streets together. And you know? um, what I took out of that was they've given up on themselves. Um, the old Simon would have said no hoper. Yep. Now I say people without hope. Yep. And that's very, very different. Yeah. Give people some hope, which There's I've now had. That. You know? Um so the next morning in the debrief. It just dawned on me that my purpose in life is to improve the lives of other people, regardless of their situation. Now, that doesn't mean a handout. That means a hand up. And that started the process of global glamping charities. Initially, we were going to sell glamping holidays to, to the mainstream yeah, world. Explain. I, I do want you to explain the name. Yep. Okay. So the guy um, back in the late 70s, 80s, Bucky Fuller. And he invented the um, geodesic dome. So it's a a structure that is basically cyclone proof. So we're going to turn these into glamping experiences. Um, So the mainstream can come and have a couple of nights, three nights in a glamping tent designed that are hurricane proof. Um, And we can use that money to solve homelessness. We'd use these domes because they're lightweight, easy to move in conjunction with a water treatment system that can turn any contaminated water into drinking water and also a... um, Oh, look, I'm lost for terms now over the years, but essentially this water would then grow the food, aquaponics, and the fish poo would feed the the plants. Right. So we could drop these tents into Central Africa and it becomes an all-in-one food accommodation water purification system. Right. That was the initial plan. Right. Um, quite happy to go down that path. Two problems. Number one was the legislation around charities in Australia and being able to do stuff overseas and how do you get the money there and money laundering and all the red tape. Oh, yeah, plenty of it. Right. And the second problem we had was COVID. So we sat on the sidelines until mid 21. And had done nothing, twiddling my thumbs, frustrated, wanting to do this good in the world, but didn't know where to start. COVID ends. Um, started to get the ball rolling again. Discovered I had the wrong people involved. Um, lovely people, but we just weren't a good yep. match. It happens. Um, and, you know, wasted probably six months. Towards the end of the year, um, decided to go in a different direction in that the stereotypical homeless person on the streets, park benches, all that kind of stuff you think of as a general public.
0: What what people generally over yep. the years have called bums.
1: Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I yep. mean, I'm horrified to say that. No, and no, other and, other and I that, don't say that saying that yeah. it's okay, but, um, yeah. yeah. Um, but what about people that are suffering from economic homelessness because they're not earning enough to pay their bills? Um, and I remember my grandmother at one stage was spending her money on food and not getting her medication um, just because they didn't have enough to get by. Mm. Um, with the way the, econ- the economy's panning out, um, that's a real possibility. Mm. Now, you wouldn't think somebody that's got a job could be potentially homeless. No. Right? But well, it's, a, it's actually happening.
0: We hear that term couch surfer a lot too, don't we? How yeah. many are out there already yeah. doing that now? Yeah. And it eventually... That dries up, doesn't it? Well, it
1: does. And, and then you get labelled the bum because you're just getting your friends to look after you. You're mm. to look after yourself, right? Mm. Um, and pride, I think, stops a lot of people from putting their hand up and saying, hey, hey, we're in a situation where we could lose our house. Or we can't pay our rent. We're going to get evicted. Don't tell my friends. It's just, you know, they think so badly of me. Mm. Um, so a lot of this stuff is hidden until it's too late. Um, so I started thinking, where else is there people in Australia? that are on the fringe of homeless or are homeless, not because they choose not to participate in life for whatever tragic reason, but their circumstance. Mm. There are many. And then the floods in northern New South Wales hit, and I'm thinking, like, government's talking about land buybacks and can't get insurance and new flood zones because of the amount of water and climate change. And um, So I come up with the concept that we're going to have a relocatable home that was on wheels, um, that looks like a house, but is a lot cheaper and can be moved quickly if there's another flood. Yep. Um, to my surprise, there was already products on the market that did that. Um, some in a real good way and others shonky backyard p- people. Um, floods come and hit. We went through a couple of what I would call shonky manufacturers that promised delivery. Um so one particular farmer um, found out he lost everything in the flood. All his machinery covered in six, eight, ten foot of mud and they're living out of a chicken coop um, in their 60s. Wow. Um, one of these houses would have been perfect. Yeah. So we ne- negotiated with a manufacturer. Um, and It was a pretty pretty sweet deal all around because we want to win-win. And the night before delivery, they rang me and said, no, they've changed their mind, they're not going to proceed. Um, and I've had
0: to
1: heartbreaking. Well, not well it's heartbreaking for me. But what about these farmers that mm, were right. expecting a house the next day? They laid concrete down to put this house on. They were ready to go, and I was left pulling up at the farm. And they're like all excited, and I've just given them this bad news. And it's tears all round. It was just horrible. Mm. Um, at first, I'm like, oh, I just give up. I'm not going to bother. This is just all too, too hard. And then I started thinking about my dad's teachings that I didn't realise were teachings, um, particularly later in his life. And he said to me, if you have the resource, or if you see a problem in the world and you have the resources to fix it, you have an obligation, son, to get off your ass and go and fix it. And I'm like, whatever, dad. You know? But it was so true. And it's just all these different life circumstances and these defining moments and my beliefs and my guilt and everything else, crystallized in that moment to know this is what I've got to do for the rest of my life. Yep. Um so my physical goal is three hundred and sixty thousand people before I die to help. Um whether I get there or not, I leave it in I'll say God's hands, but it's just the universe, whatever you want to term, right? the unknown. Right? Well that's brought
0: it's brought you to here and and you've now got the basis to be able to, to, yep. to, to do that.
1: Yep. And and the funny thing is, um, and we may not have enough time today, but It took all this happening and three years of effort and then having a stroke and being diagnosed with diabetes and all these other health issues just three months ago um, to get this done because the weekend after restart, we actually supplied our first house on wheels to a victim in Woodburn in New South Wales. So we know the model works. We know the funding can work. The investor gets up to around about 20% return on their money. Yep. Um, and the recipient of the house gets this house at no cost to them other than their rent to buy.
0: It's what right. we've talked about in, in other podcasts. It's win-win-win, it's isn't it?
1: Oh, I look, massively. Um, and, and look, I get, get criticised by some saying, oh, but you need a business plan and you need to do this and you need to do that with all the red tape. Sometimes you just got to go out and do it, but don't I, you? I do. I, I look, I do. I, I've had people walk away from me. that may have been great partners in getting more done for people because I don't have a business plan. But if I do that, I might miss the opportunity comes tomorrow because it doesn't fit the basket mm. to get results. Yep. And, you know, we've now got property developers involved that want to um, co-venture in projects that open up more opportunities for traditional housing for the homeless. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You talk about defining
0: moments and, and you've had plenty in your life. Yep. The stroke, did that change your outlook at all? What Was there anything that sort of – was there a dramatic shift from that point
1: on for you, Simon? there's so many different angles. Um, prior to the stroke, and I'm certainly ashamed of this, um, I just had head down working hard all the time, driving around meetings, whatever. My diet consisted of, you know, your key three junk food items, McDonald's, KFC and pizza, or yep. pizza, right? Um, and I blew out to 163 kilo. Now, looking back, that probably started when I was 25 and I'm now in my early 50s. So, an adult lifetime of just sure. eating junk um, and just being focused on work. Um, the diabetes, as we've spoken about earlier, eats away your organs if it's undiagnosed and stuff like that. So it's some other health issues along the way um, that are probably for an R-rated podcast. Sure. Um, and, and now I've lost 17 kilo in the last three months exercising. But the biggest change is I now appreciate family and the relationships of loved ones. Um, And that's just expanded into really loving and respecting everybody, no matter where they are in life. Because I know nobody, and I'm still looking for them, anybody that gets out of bed in the morning and says, I'm going to go and make some decisions today based on my defining moments and what I understand is what I should be doing and completely screw up my life. But how many of us actually screw up our lives to varying descent? descent, how many of us screw up our lives to various degrees mm-hmm. um, just by making a decision in a moment yep. that we didn't realise was going to have these other consequences? Consequences, yep. that's right. So judge no one. No. Um, try and love everybody, but it doesn't mean you need to heal everybody and um, give handouts and leave yourself with nothing because there's right. lots of people that have learnt that that's the way to live. Yep. And I'm not here to feed people that don't want to give and take and win-win across the board
0: and that's what i love about the concept of of global glamping it is all based on win 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 for for everybody you know involved and um you know even yourself where you know you get the fulfillment out of out of what you're what you're actually doing oh
1: yeah look i i I do (laughs) financially no i don't but on a human level i do i mean i even had a call from um the stroke surgeon on the way in here today um he's just giving my finally follow-up stuff and he asked me could i just do a, a 10 second blurb on my experience through the stroke to use as a learning curve for new surgeons coming through and new staff in the yep. hospital um so can i digress and just talk yeah, a little bit about go that for it. okay so on the tuesday i had the stroke and all i lost was my speech um I didn't realize it was a stroke. Uh, my partner didn't realize I was having a stroke. By the Thursday, my speech had just gone and I couldn't talk. But in my head, what I was saying, even though you couldn't understand it, was understandable. So I'd be sitting here having a conversation with you, but all you'd be getting is this audio of good gerbil words, right? <laughs> um, wife takes me to doctors. Oh, you might be having a stroke. I'm, like, I'm not having a stroke. What are you talking about? Right? Yep. Um, go to the hospital, yes, it was a stroke, diagnosed with diabetes, my blood sugars were 40 on the spot, um, just a horrible situation. Get moved into coronary care, um, which is where I met the surgeon, and he's trying to um, explain to the nurses what's going on, how to treat stroke patients. You know, some nurses whispering to me, don't worry, it's just the diabetes, it's not a stroke, contradicting what the specialist is saying to them in the room in front of me um, I think I'm responding but I'm not because of the, the um, audio issues um, and I started having stroke I have started having seizures but they were a seizure where you don't pass out so I've got the shaking arm and the shaking head and all the stuff that happens generally with seizures but I was conscious and I could hear everything that was being oh, said. Oh, wow they couldn't understand me so somewhere along the line they thought oh this guy's losing the plot he doesn't understand you know but you can but i could i can understand the whole thing so then the the specialist wanted to take my phone and read my text messages to see if i could communicate and but i took offense to that because he just asked my partner could i see his phone to go through his messages so i'm all like it's just an engrossed invasion of privacy how rude you can ask me he had no idea he couldn't understand I, me. Understand, you know? yeah. So I'm trying to kick him all out of the room and and um, call him a pack of circus clowns because I'm not your caged animal that you come to look at. Get out, get out. Um, it was really offensive so I, and what I thought, mm-hmm. but I didn't understand any of it. Thank goodness. Um, to the point that he was going to walk out and not treat me, and I'm sort of going, "Oh, oh, oh <laughs> come back." <laughs> um, and it's at that point that. I realise that they're judging me based on what I'm presenting. They don't understand what's really going on in life. It's exactly the same. Everyone's
0: got a story, we just don't know it, don't they? Yeah,
1: and looking in the medical position, the medical situation for the purpose of giving this to the doctor, I think what the medical staff need to understand is that what's going on in the person's brain may not match what they're seeing in the physical world and just take a step back and think about it rather than rush in with mm. the solution because they know best. Yep. Um, I Look, to be honest, I thought I knew best. I wasn't having a stroke. What are you talking about? You're all fools. So I'm no different. It's not a criticism. I just think it's something we can learn as a human realization. beings. You know, yep. so that. Sure. We, we all do what we think, not what we necessarily should be doing. So.
0: Fantastic. Look, we're, we're out of time. Um, but look, thank you for opening up today. I, I particularly wanted to do this episode with you because quite often, um, you know, from from the outside looking in, people question the intentions of of certain people and why they're doing what they're doing. And I just really, having gotten to know you, wanted to show that, um, you know, you're coming at this from a place of love, a place of wanting to make a difference. Um, and that your, your background and everything has led you to this point in your, your life and that um, you've got big goals that you, you want to achieve, you know, very selflessly for, for others, um, but in a win-win-win situation. Oh,
1: yeah, so. it has to be a win-win-win because otherwise there's a loser and I'm not playing... A win lose game with anybody. So. so
0: as always, anyone who wants to get in touch to to be you know involved with global glamping, whether that be um, investing in in uh, the programs that you've got going, or even just volunteering to help out, how do they get in touch?
1: So www.globalglamping.org. Um, just go to the contact us page, and I'll certainly respond as soon as I can
0: fantastic get in touch um great organization um doing wonderful things with a a wonderful guy at the helm thanks so much for joining us again Simon look forward to um next time we catch up
1: thanks Adam I loved it see you